You're listening to the Canterbury Mornings Podcast with John McDonald from Newstalk ZB. Now look, whenever I've, um, in the past, when I've been in positions that have involved hiring staff, I've always known that when you decide to appoint someone, you need to know clearly in your head why you're appointing them and what it is about them that makes them the best person for the job. Now you do that for a couple of reasons. Firstly, just to double check your thinking and to make sure that the person you think is the best person for the role actually is the best person for the role. The other reason you need to be very clear why you're appointing them and what makes them the best person is that you have to sell that person to all the other people not involved in the hiring process. You know, the people who might raise an eyebrow or two if they think you've made the wrong call or or don't understand and appreciate why you've made that call. So there's a gap you need to fill. All right? You've got a gap. There's a couple of gaps. Information gaps. But first, you've got the gap you need to fill in terms of the role. So you go through a process and you get to a point where you know who it is you want doing that particular job. Not that it always works out, by the way. I'm going to put my hand up here. I remember hiring someone once and getting an anonymous letter from someone saying they couldn't believe I'd hired this person because they were bad news, uh, which made me feel brilliant. You can imagine that. And uh, guess what? They were bad news, and I suppose you could say that I really cocked that one up. I mention this just to show that I know a thing or two about appointing people into roles and how important it is to A, not cock it up, and I've just admitted to doing that, and B, making sure you're in a position to sell that person and demonstrate why they're the best person for the job. Uh, We're yet to see whether Chris Hipkins has done what I did and whether he has cocked up by appointing Ginny Anderson to the role of police minister just seven weeks after becoming a cabinet minister in the first place, but only time will tell on that front. But what he did make a shambles of yesterday was the selling bit. What did he say when he made the announcement? He said she was very well suited to be police minister. Here's a direct quote. He said she, that's the new minister, he said she worked for the police for 10 years and has experience working there. End of quote. Which... I thought it sounded like the start of a ringing endorsement. It sounded like the start of what I was just talking about, the bit where you have to sell the person you're appointing to those not involved in the appointment process. But it wasn't the start of anything. That was it. That was it. That was all the Prime Minister could say about the relevant experience that Ginny Anderson is bringing to her new job as police minister. He couldn't recall the exact details of what she did at the police, but he knew that she was a civilian staff member, not a sworn officer. Then he went away and put out a statement with a bit more intel a bit later on on Ginny Anderson's police background and relevant experience, which seems to have been focused in policy areas. So it was all a bit ham-fisted the way the Prime Minister went about things yesterday. And I actually thought Chris Carhill from the Police Association did a much better job of selling Ginny Anderson as Police Minister when he spoke to Mike this morning. Here's what he had to say about her time with the police and its relevance to her new job. You would think she would have had some good briefings over the 10 years on the issues facing. But um, look, her part, her husband is also an ex-police officer, mm. I understand a dog handler. They're normally pretty good at telling the way it is. So she had some insights from that as well. Now, look, you might say he was just being diplomatic there because why would he want to get offside with a new minister five, five minutes after them being appointed? But he did say she'd already been on the phone to get his views on the biggest issues that need to be addressed when it comes to crime and policing, and he sounded to me like he's willing to let her prove herself. And that is where I'm at on this one too. Yes, the Prime Minister could have done a much better job selling Ginny Anderson to us. I mean, it was it was ridiculous, wasn't it, that he couldn't say right at the start what she'd done at the police. So he screwed up on the sell job. 
And what that did, of course, is got all the political crusties tied up in knots, saying the government has shown it isn't taking crime seriously, and everyone was quick to say that she'll be no match for Nationals police, police spokesperson Mark Mitchell. And look, that may very well be the case. But do we really measure someone on the amount of noise they make? Really? Haven't we learned anything from the last week? Have all the old crusties forgotten about all the appendage swinging we saw from the last police minister and where that got us? Which Mark Mitchell himself isn't shy of either, is he? At times he's chief appendage swinger. And I think old Nashy had a bit of appendage swinging envy last week when he had that brain explosion live on radio. So I say, give Jenny Anderson a go. Because she might just surprise us. For more from Canterbury Mornings with John McDonald, listen live to News Talks at B Christchurch from 9am weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.